The diamond I Empathy Museum presents a mile in my shoes. These shoes are black trainers with bright pink laces. The Nike is also in pink. They look like you can run and you could also wear them to a rave. These shoes belong to Saira. This is her story. My name is Saira Sharif. I'm originally a refugee from Uganda. I came here at the age of 10 in 1972 when Idi Amin asked all the Asians to leave. Definitely remember Idi Amin coming to power. We were school children and we were told he's the new president. We were very excited because of what he promised and the fact that, how can I explain? He, he was part of the military. He was a general. So it all seemed very regal, amazing, a lot of pomp and ceremony, a lot of parades. So we, we actually thought we were in for a much better time and things would progress really well. Quite a few of the businesses in Kampala, which is the capital of Uganda, were owned by Indians who'd been born there. So they weren't actually, they were semi-Indian in the sense they were born in Uganda, second generation or third generation. And they'd set up businesses there. And Idi Amin suddenly decided overnight that this wasn't on and all the businesses should be African-owned, that the Indian Ugandans weren't actually Ugandans. So he decided he would ask them all to leave, leave all their businesses behind so they could be taken over by the Africans, who would then be a lot wealthier. It didn't quite work out that way, and the country subsequently suffered a lot. My brother and I had British passports because we were my mum's dependents. A year before all this happened, we got our Ugandan citizenship, so we both had our individual Ugandan passports. So we very much regarded ourselves as Ugandans. We were proud, very proud to be Ugandan. So this kind of sudden differentiation was very odd. Bearing in mind as well that we'd never been to India. My great-grandparents came from there. My grandparents came from there. My father's never been to India. I still haven't been to this day, though I'd love to visit. But we had much more of a connection with Uganda and with Africa because we were born there. We were brought up there. That was our full life. England was something we always dreamt about, you know, always saw postcards with the lights around Piccadilly Circus. So it was kind of, look, you've always wanted to go to London. It, the opportunity has come unexpectedly now, before the end of a school term, which was a bit confusing. My father was very good at not making it feel like such a shock because he made it sound like a great adventure. To be honest, we expected it to be, if anything, just a prolonged holiday when we'd see all these exciting sights and then come back and carry on with life as normal. I think what was unnerving was the fact that we had to pack up the house. That all seemed not quite in sync with what we children were being told, that we were coming here temporarily. Things were permanently being gotten rid of, and you wondered how, if you came back, how you would get your dog back where you would live, how you would get any of your furnishings or anything. Very hard to imagine it, but if you think overnight, you've got to pack everything from your life into one suitcase. We chose our kind of favorite clothes. We were told to bring, inverted commas, warm clothes, but we had very thin cotton cardigans, which we thought were amazing. They'd keep us warm, but obviously, 
We came to England in November on a very cold November evening and they were nowhere near sufficient. We actually arrived here on November the 5th, which is Guy Fawkes night, which we didn't know anything about. And we hear all these sounds, you know, big, big bangs. None of us would actually leave the plane and the air hostesses were very confused, wondering what was going on. And we thought Idi Amin had sent bombs after us. And we'll always remember how they laughed. And we thought, this is really odd. We're in so much danger here. Why are they laughing? They then explained about Guy Fawkes Night. And that memory is always stuck. So every Guy Fawkes Night, we have to think of that. We were told we'd all be um, accommodated in refugee camps and we'd be safe and we'd be fed. We'd never seen a refugee camp or known what it was or what it meant. The coach we were put on took us to Lincolnshire, to an American army base in Lincolnshire. Um, we didn't have proper rooms, we just had curtains closing families off from others, which was a bit awkward. For my family in total, we were in refugee camps for almost a year, during which time we stayed in three different refugee camps. I think what was good about the camps was that we were with other people in similar circumstances and we were never short of company. You would go and visit the office within the refugee camp once a week to see what other offers had come up for permanent accommodation. An offer came up of a house in Morden, Surrey, and we moved there. Morden, what can I say? <laughs> Morden was very, very different. There weren't hardly any Asians or any non-British people there, so we did feel pretty isolated initially. I was joined in a junior school just down the road. My brother was in the next door infant school. And it was also difficult because when dad first applied for a place, um, he was turned flat down because the headmaster assumed that we didn't speak English and said that he could not take us on because we would just be too much of a burden for the school to cope with, which is understandable. But he didn't actually first stop to ask whether we spoke English or not or how we'd been educated. School pupils here and even some of the teachers didn't know much about Africa or where we came from. I remember being asked whether I lived in a mud hut, whether I'd ever seen a proper house, uh, whether we had schools there. Whereas we lived in houses very similar to here. We went to a school very similar to the ones here. We went to an English-speaking school. Our syllabus was based on the British curriculum. But I have to tell you something funny as well. It's something to do with the, um, football in 1973 and George Best was playing for England. A special gift was given to all refugee children because George Best had done very well and we were all given a pair of George Best shoes, which we were very proud of. I remember these shiny black shoes with a red sole. And I remember going to school my first day in Morden wearing my George Best shoes. I thought, well, if that's something nobody can fault, it's these very British shoes. And everybody laughed because we were all given boys' shoes. So for two weeks, I had to suffer their laughter till we managed to go around and buy some girl shoes. <laughs> I got married in 1988, studied the law, became a solicitor, practiced for 12 years, but then found I just wasn't spending enough time with my own children. My son, who's my oldest child, always had this request that I stop being a lawyer for a month, took a month off, and became what he considered, inverted commas, a normal mom. And when I asked him what that was, it was a mom who comes to school for all the daytime concerts, a mom who comes to school to help. 
I promised to help for a month. That month turned into two months and then into three. And then I suddenly had a vision of becoming a teacher. I worked 14 years as an infant school teacher in the school around the corner. Thoroughly enjoyed my time. You know, the days when a child understands something that they've struggled with before makes my day. I love the fact that I've developed the patience to teach, which I never thought I would have. Quite a few families, once things settle down quite a few years later, I can't really give you a time scale, but I would say probably the late 70s, the Asian families whose houses had been taken, etc., were told they could go and reclaim their properties. Um, my family never went back, and I think from what I understand, some of the army generals were living in our previous house. I would love to visit my school, but I've been told it's erased to the ground and it's now a car park. I'm just still a little bit reluctant about going back to Uganda. I'm, I'm not sure how many of my memories would still be there. London is very much my home. It's developed a great amount, all for the better, I would say. I couldn't live anywhere else. When we drive past Piccadilly Circus, it still gives a little excitement, always. <laughs> Cyber Story was produced by Olivia Humphreys. Her shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile in My Shoes exhibition. The, moment we the shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we go next. <laughs>